0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Forever News, the only news source that provides anything and everything anime and manga related and a few other things. We don't bore you. We get into it. Let's do it. okay people and before we continue if you would hit that subscribe button and that bell i'd super appreciate it it'd help you out to get the videos quicker it'd help me out to get you guys watching all of that good stuff please hit them button subscribe and the little bell over here on youtube and if you're listening on the audio yeah follow and all of that good stuff but let's do it first story on the docket we're going back in time a little bit with this one people because a lot of people i'm sure could imagine and wonder where naruto came up with the infamous catchphrase believe it aka datebayo which I don't think Bayo necessarily translates to believe it. That was kind of Viz Media putting their spin on believe it, but Bayo, because it says here Naruto creator reveals where the believe it catchphrase came from. And again, it ain't believe it; it's date bio. Uh, But now it's safe to say Naruto is an icon. The Hidden Leaf Ninja has become the figure known around the world, and his journey continues to this day despite the odds. Well, not his journey; it's Boruto's at this point. But yeah, years ago, creator Masashi Kishimoto couldn't have known how big his hero would become but their series thrives to this day many elements of Naruto are now cultural icons and we have learned where one of them originates, believe it Oh yes, we're talking about that legendary catchphrase, my friends. If there's one thing Naruto ingrains in fans, it's a certain catchphrase uttered by its lead. Naruto Uzumaki loves to end his epic speeches by saying Datebayo. As it turns out, the catchphrase was a last-minute addition by Kishimoto so fans can stop thinking so hard about it. (laughs) Interesting. During an interview with Kobayashi some years ago, Kishimoto unpacked the origin of it, which has now surfaced in English. When asked how he came up with the catchphrase, the creator of Naruto said he wanted his protagonist to have a silly verbal tick that set him apart from his peers as such he came up with believe it datebayo as the cheesy phrase sounding like something an old person would say the phrase was also used as a sort of speech impediment and thus naruto's iconic line was born of course kishimoto says he didn't think too hard on the catchphrase but the reason for its creation makes a lot of sense naruto spent a lot of time with the third hokage and listening in to older villagers so you can see why he might have picked up on old school taglines Kids his age would find the expression strange, but to Naruto, he was likely just repeating what he had heard on the streets as an orphan. But after proving himself to the Hidden Leaf, now the phrase... Datebayo has become a bona fide rallying cry to its people and to Fans in the real world I don't know about the people Of Konoha screaming Datebayo As well but and also again I want to clarify because this article isn't giving Everything about it because Bayo Does not translate to Believe it that might be you know the speech Impediment part and something that Naruto Picked up on the street sure but if I'm not mistaken believe it was actually The people over here in the US And Viz Media that didn't Really know what to translate it as as because it had no real meaning and they were like well how about just put it as believe it which I like that at the end of the day as corny as it sounds it was kind of dope to have somebody that is that optimistic and motivational to add that type of element of yo believe it but Bayo actually doesn't really have no meaning and it's just again something that Kishimoto made up so to speak which is also interesting to know a lot of people are like yo this word don't have a meaning but look this was a meaningless word that became a global phenomenon datebayo and later again translated to believe it. And if you don't know, now you know. Yeah, people, that's the origin of Naruto's infamous catchphrase. And it's also quite fascinating that then Boruto comes along and now his is datebasa Although that was more planned, I guess you would say, because, you know, his father, Mayo, him, datebasa Alrighty. And since we're going back in time with some Naruto stories, let's jump into another origin story of Naruto. Why don't we? Because Naruto creator said the series wouldn't have happened without. Akira. I'm sure you've heard of Akira legendary classic film Tetsuo. All of that jazz. So yeah it says here it's hard to imagine a world without Naruto if you like anime. Decades ago the hit series came to life under Masashi Kishimoto and is now recognized as one of the best shonen titles in history. From the Hidden Leaf to the Uchiha clan Naruto introduced some true icons to the anime fandom but the series almost didn't happen. At one point Kishimoto was convinced he was done with art but a little help from Akira helped the creator find their way. If you did not know Kishimoto spelled out his ties to Akira some time ago and a note to fans. In part 12 of the world of Masashi Kishimoto, the artist took time to break down his middle school years. It was there the artist said he was so focused on baseball that art was hardly on his radar, which makes sense that he made a one shot about baseball some years ago. I think it was called bench. In fact, he was certain he'd outgrown the desire to draw by this time, but Katsuhiro Otomo's Akira drew him back into the world. I was on my way home one day when I happened to glance at a poster for Otomo Katsuhiro's Akira. In an instant, the sight of it had an impact on me so powerful that even now it's hard to describe. I stood staring at it for over an hour. The poster featured an overhead shot of the main character, Kaneda, walking towards a motorcycle. Kishimoto recalled, You know, whoever wrote this article is bugging, calling him Toriyama. Like, what are y'all doing? The bike had an amazing design, and there were cracks in the ground and pebbles scattered about, seemingly at random. The poster seemed like the coolest, most original thing I have seen, and it rekindled the flame of my artistic passion. Ever since that day, I kept drawing with the hopes that someday i can approach the standard set by that picture and that makes so much sense too again the rivalry between tetsuo and kaneda naruto and sasuke it sounds about right and again it brought forth legendary greatness and even though it's a trope of like you know main character and his you know best friend that is now turned heel i still really rock with it and it's really dope to get these tidbits of masashi kishimoto's origins with certain aspects of naruto next up let's jump into a little bit of uh pokemon news because apparently japan shops has banned adults from buying pokemon cards which to a certain degree i wish over here in the west they would do a little bit of that or at the very least regulate a a little bit better with certain cards i know with the one piece cards a couple of shops that i went to like you could only buy two at a time but it's really ridiculous how like at walmart for example most of the time if you're not like super super first to where all the cards trading cards come in there's like a certain section of people that they just buy all the cards and leave like barely anything there and it's kind of like it sucks all the fun out of it there's really not no like you know you got to be a super hardcore vulture asking the staff when the new cards is coming in because people go crazy So, I'm not necessarily mad at them. I don't know about the adults because that's probably going to limit their clientele, but them banning adults from buying Pokemon cards. Maybe not all together, but they should limit it. I don't know. It says here Tokyo Pokemon card shop bans adults so kids can enjoy the hobby. Haruya 2 and Akihabara will not sell new Snow Hazard and Clayburst packs to anyone over junior high school age, hoping it will block adult resellers and make the new cards more accessible to children. Because, yeah, they kind of want to get you know what i'm saying lifetime fans oftentimes i mean look at me i've started off as a pokemon fan at like the age of what seven or something and i still really enjoy and you know appreciate pokemon but if there was a bunch of adults back then that was just buying out all the pokemon cards and not letting me get into the fandom i might not be here right now talking about this story in general because i wouldn't really care so definitely something to note that if you're an adult that does that as well knock it off leave some cards for the kiddos and stuff like that you know what i'm saying like it's cool to indulge in the hobby it's cool to pick the packs and all of that stuff that you like to have fun and doing but yeah let let the kiddos get some fun you dig you smell me you feel me come on fam shout outs to this shop uh because i mean maybe they're going a little extreme saying no adults and nobody over the age of junior high but come on especially those resellers that don't care about pokemon at all like that's just scummy like you're just buying them because ah yes they will sell very high so let me buy all of them like come on stop and while we're on the topic of pokemon i found this story to be very interesting so some years back, roughly, I want to say it was about 2011, when the earthquakes that hit Japan happened, very, you know, catastrophic stuff, again, rest in peace to all the people that lost their lives, uh, because I believe one of the creators of Pokemon, if I'm not mistaken, uh, had passed away during those, you know, horrific events um, apparently around that time there were some episodes of Pokemon that were in development, Pokemon Black and White, that had to be scrapped because of the controversial nature and everything that was going on in Japan at the time, well apparently they, uh, unleashed the scripts for those episodes, considering Ash is no longer gonna be a thing, so that's probably why they said, eh, we could let them go. Because it says here, Lost Pokemon episodes starring Team Rocket surfaces after 12 years. Pokemon's been around for decades, and in that time, the franchise has sparked all sorts of theories. From its movies to its games, Pokemon has a ton of wild mysteries which have yet to be solved. One of its most famous mysteries lied with Pokemon's anime for black and white. But after 12 long years of waiting, the big mystery has been solved as scripts for two lost episodes Have come to light. That's right, Pokemon sleuths were able to track down two scripts from the anime that were meant to air more than a decade ago. As it turns out, the Unova region has big things planned for Team Rocket at this time, but Team Rocket versus Team Plasma Part One and Two were never released to see that vision through. Thanks to Bulbasaur Garden user Objection Man and several anonymous fans, Pokemon's anime has now filled in this gap from its history. The full scripts for Pokemon Black and White missing episodes are now live. They're pretty lengthy reads in English, as the original Japanese script have been translated and apparently the scripts contain juicy details about team rocket after all fans of pokemon anime may remember how big these missing episodes were hyped during their time in unova team rocket assumed a more serious storyline than we'd ever seen before and the group even changed its outfits to match something darker as team rocket was introduced to team plasma it became apparent the two groups were going to butt heads and these scripts proved the gangs did have an epic showdown sadly these episodes were never finished as a natural disaster in japan prompted the pokemon company to nix the rocket versus Versus Plasma Showdown, and I ain't gonna lie, that did sound cool, and I, I think I remember catching a couple of those episodes, and I'm thinking, wow, Team Rocket is a, a little bit more dastardly than they've been in the past, what's going on here, so, very interesting that they actually unloaded those episodes, I mean, I don't think they would've ever went back and done those anyway, because that's like, come on, you know, 12 years ago now, at this point, and on top of that, especially now, Ash and Team Rocket aren't really a thing, it's a whole new adventure, so, and again, I totally understand why they had to screw those episodes there was a lot going on over there in japan it wasn't the time for that and they had to move on but for those that were still wondering about what happened with those episodes of pokemon that was scrapped around that time now you know those were what those episodes were supposed to be about and I ain't gonna lie it sucks that that actually sounded like really hype like team rocket versus team plasma team rocket being a little bit darker like those would have been some fire episodes and one more story on pokemon apparently pokemon trading card game announces launch date for the tcg live the development team behind the digital version of the pokemon trading card game has released a substantial update since their last message which confirmed that the original and much loved trading card game online service would be sunset and March to make way for the incoming updated platform and trading card game live. So it seems as though they're starting up a new Pokemon trading online game. The team has now confirmed an official shutdown date for the original service of June fifth, twenty twenty three, at nine AM PDT when the service and smartphone apps for the original trading card game online will be shutting down and removed from their respective app stores. So seems as though they're just like trying to revamp so to speak and start with a new online thing. It's like imagine if If they didn't let Dokkan continue on into Dragon Ball Legends and they shut down Dokkan to start up Legends, it sounds like that. Probably the original one wasn't that big of a success and they're like, yeah, move it out the way. We got something new coming. Moving forward, fans of Akira Omano, aka the creator of Katekyo Hitman Reborn, Uh, apparently she's had a new series for quite some time. I mean, she did a couple of different things in between the end of Katekyo Hitman Reborn and where we're at right now. There was that series that ran for a little bit called, I believe it was Ed Alive and it had an anime adaptation i'll be honest with you i didn't really think it was a good series but then as of recent the last few years they've had a series called ron komonohashi the range detective and apparently the manga has ended part one and i do think that there's an anime for it if i'm not mistaken that i'm really really disappointed myself that i have not watched yet the first part of akira models ron komonohashi the range detective manga ended on shueisha's shonen jump plus website and app on sunday the first part ended after 96 chapters the website also announced that the manga will go on hiatus and will return June 4th with the start of the manga's second part. Amato launched the manga on Shonen Jump Plus in October 2020. Shueisha published the manga's 10th compiled book volume on April 4th. The first season of the manga's anime adaptation will premiere in October. Okay, so the anime isn't out. I'm super, super bugging. What am I even saying? I'll probably even cut that part out. The first season of the manga's anime adaptation will premiere in October. Uh, and yeah, that's definitely a must-watch because of Kiro Amano maybe Ed Alive wasn't great per se, but Akira Amano is an awesome writer, and Koteki Hitman Reborn was great, and the art for this series looks fire, and in general, I'm, I'm up for some more Akira Amano, and hopefully that means that this anime adaptation is gonna be like a fateful straight-up adaptation of part one, and then so on and so forth, where yeah, for any fans that were following this one, it seems as though it's come to an end, and I ain't gonna lie, it's interesting to see how every author from that generation kinda landed, like, you know, Kishimoto, uh, Ryu Tama author Beelzebub Akira Mano, like all of these authors have done different things and they landed in different areas we know Kishimoto his Samurai 8 got cancelled after coming back to Shonen Jump for about a year Akira Mano tried her hand with a couple of different series on Shonen Jump Plus and neither one of them have really exploded in popularity Ryu Tamara he's tried a bunch of different times to get a series going in Jump and it didn't work and now he's coming back in a new Jump magazine and going to a different publication It's fascinating, honestly, to see that a lot of these authors, that they had these hit works in Shonen Jump, they really didn't, like none of them really returned with big smash hits again to the magazine, which showcases a little bit that it's not always necessarily completely due to talent, why these series blow up. Sometimes you can throw the argument, maybe it's luck, maybe it's marketing dollars, maybe it's striking at the right time with the right era and the right audience. So there's a lot of different variables as to why people continue on with hits. Like everybody ain't Yoshihiro Tagashi or Hiromashima that come back with big hits and even bigger hits than their predecessors. But yeah, figured I'd throw a little bit of my two cents in on this situation. Quickly wanted to read off this list of rappers getting the most daily streams on Spotify and it's kind of fascinating to see. For starters, at the very top we got Drake with $45 million, and number two, Eminem with $22 million. And mind you, this is Spotify because I believe in the monthly category of streams overall, Eminem was number one. Uh, and number three, Future with 22.1 million at number four 21 savage number five kanye for everybody that's saying that kanye's canceled <laughs> he's still getting 21 million streams daily on spotify then under him is travis scott uh, under him kendrick lamar 17.6 million. Oh man stream up that kendrick baby kung fu kenny uh, then we got Tyler, the Creator. We got a little baby, Juice World. Rest in peace, Nicki Minaj, uh, XXXTentacion. Again, a big, big rest in peace. Love that artist. He was an incredible person, and uh, his his growth was cut short. And it's so tragic to even think about. Rest in peace, X Man, Doja Cat. Uh, J. Cole, that's interesting. J. Cole is getting less streams than a lot of these artists. Hmm, Who would have thought? Then Lil Uzi Vert under J. Cole. And then Lil Wayne all these years later. Despite the fact that he hasn't had, you know, a big uh, record in quite some time, Lil Wayne is up in there as well. It's a lot of streams too, 10.7 million. But yeah, that's the list of the most streamed artists. And considering the fact that Drake was like Wayne's artist and Wayne brought Drake into this, it's a win-win for Wayne regardless. You know what I'm saying? And definitely of all these artists, for the most part, i rock with a good chunk of them as far as listening but especially shout outs to kendrick though anything that is is, you know conscious related or whatever i'm here for it kendrick xxx and toss young shout outs to juice world yeah really really interesting list moving forward saint Seiya fans Interesting stuff If you haven't been following That there's a new Saint Seiya live action movie That's out And I'm so dying to see it Whenever it comes Because it actually looks Really good Uh, But here It started off Placing in the box office Japan box office Says Saint Seiya The beginning live action film Has made it's 8th place debut Under the Japanese title Saint Seiya The beginning Titled Knights of the Zodiac And other regions The live action film adaptation Of Masama Kurumada's Classic Saint Seiya Action fantasy manga Finally Released in 323 theaters across Japan April 28th. Ranking at 8th place in its opening weekend. Specific first week box office figures have not yet been officially announced. Due to the Golden Week holiday. Makenyu who is Scar of Full Metal and Zoro in One Piece live-action adaptation. Interesting. Plays the protagonist, Seiya, as his first lead role in a Hollywood film. The film's estimated budget was $60 million, according to Variety. According to her interview with Toei Animation producer, Yoshiyuki Yoshizawa on Shueisha Online, Toei Animation funded 100% of the total production cost. That's interesting, but also kind of a testament to maybe some people didn't want to partake in Funding it um, because Saint Seiya is kind of old and it's popular for some reasons and not others. I noticed that they were trying to build up some momentum and hype globally for this thing by posting the old Saint Seiya anime episodes for free on Toei's YouTube. And I was comparing the stats, right? I was looking at like the uh, Western English version of it. They didn't really have that many views. I'll be honest with you. Like the top episode when I saw it had like nine thousand views or something. But then I saw when they released it in Spanish one episode had 200,000 views one episode had 190 it was madness so it's definitely a testament to while your stuff may not blow in your area or if something might not be hot in one place that doesn't mean that it's not hot in other places because it's a stark contrast and from what I remember just like Dragon Ball over there in Mexico Saint Seiya is massive over there in Mexico and other Spanish speaking parts of the world and yeah Saint Seiya I'm expecting that even if it doesn't necessarily do fantastic per se in Japan. I'm willing to bet that other international areas is going to make up and they're going to get back that $60 that they spent. Not to mention, throughout streaming and everything, they're going to get their money back. After staying on the number one spot for two consecutive weekends, the Detective Conan anime franchise's 26 feature film Goddamn, 26 films. Detective Conan Black Iron Submarine dropped to second place, defeated by the newcomer the Super Mario Brothers in his third weekend. The latest Detective Conan movie earned $1.189 billion yen about 8.7 million dollars on 831,000 admissions bringing its total to 58.4 million dollars on 5.37 million admissions it has now become the fifth top grossing film in the conan anime franchise surpassing the 24th film detective conan the scarlet bullet from 2021 and yeah there's other films that are in theaters right now over there there's tokyo avengers 2 bloody halloween arc fate and the first slam dunk film and uh they're seemingly doing decent as well but yeah really Do want to watch that Saint Seiya movie? I'm I'm just saying. And since we mentioned it, apparently the first slam dunk, the movie rises to become the fifth highest grossing anime film of all time. What the hell? The fifth highest grossing anime film of all time? I had to read that back a second. My damn self. The underdog of a team continues to score basket after basket as the first slam dunk became the fifth highest grossing anime film worldwide this past weekend overtaking one piece film rev for the spot not only that but the toy animation produced film also rose to the 19th highest grossing film in japan of all time So that's the fifth highest grossing film and 19th highest grossing in Japan of all time. As of April 30th, the first slam dunk has grossed $102.91 million thanks to its outstanding run in China, grossing $82.5 million in less than two weeks, as well as South Korea's $35.74 million gross and Taiwan's. 14.9 million dollars around asia and 10 territories the first slam dunk has made u.s 251 million dollars oh my god whatever i said i was wrong about people not rocking with this thing like slam dunk is a different breed this pushes the first slam dunk past One Piece Film Red oh Toei knew what they were doing I guess they mapped this out really good because One Piece Film Red did 245 million and Slam Dunk is at 251 uh, becoming the 5th highest grossing anime film of all time worldwide where it sits right below Suzume which is also currently playing in theaters across the world this also makes half of the top 6 highest grossing anime films of all time list populated by movies that were released in 2022 alone that's very interesting and strange at the same time Why is? well okay i mean maybe because post pandemic just everybody wants to be outside more well i don't know that's weird but that is crazy to think dog i now I, I, just out of sheer shock and curiosity i do want to check this film out to see what the heck because 251 million dollars i know slam dunk is popular and maybe it's because sports series weren't really ever the hugest thing up until recently over here in the u.s so slam dunk didn't really have that giant massive surge of fandom over here like it did in other parts of the world but golly passing one piece one piece okay yo big 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 ups to Toei for this one and of course the original creator Tatsuhiko Inoue Um, Big wins man, I'm I'm still in shock $250 million, what the Moving forward, just a couple of quick updates for starters. Madaka Box fans. Madaka Box by Nishio Isen and Akira Akatsuki has 6.5 million copies in circulation with 22 volumes. And this is the big difference between manga fandom back in these days, which was not that long ago. The early 2010s to where we're at right now. Back then, right? Madaka Box was considered a hit. I mean, it was featured in J-Star's Victory Versus. It got an anime. It went on for quite some time a lot of people like to really praise that era of manga where Box Hitman, Reborn, Beelzebub, Naruto, One Piece, Bleach like that era of shonen manga is still considered one of the best especially since I've been on YouTube there still hasn't been an era that has come close to in my opinion capturing the magic that that era had like this era of course has had some incredible series you know from the Jujutsu Kaisens, My Heroes, Demon Slayers, Black Clover, all that stuff but there was something about that era that was different and I think a little trick to that era was It was just before it was on the cusp of anime and manga exploding, but it really didn't hit just yet. So I feel like they allowed a lot more of straight up creativity to go down because Madaka Box was just a really creative and interesting series, right? Not that all of these other ones aren't creative and interesting as well, but it was just of a different breed. It took a lot of risk back then as well. And I think this is a testament to that people back then didn't really harp too much on sales because this ran for 22 volumes with 6.5 million sales when Black Clover right now is at like 16 million sales and people call it a flop. So that is a big testament to back then, fans weren't really harping on sales or all like that and they allowed for more creativity and they allowed for series to breathe a little bit more than they do now. Nowadays, <laughs> you better sell 6.5 million within like the first three volumes or you are get up out of here. Like, well, maybe not that extreme, but yeah, it's just, you see the big difference Because anime manga is so popular now, they expect a lot more. Like Black Clover, with the sales that it got now, I don't think if it came out right now, it would be able to last as long as it did. I think that expectations are just through the roof between fans and even the execs that. Yeah, a Madaka box ain't gonna last for twenty-two volumes with only six point five million sales. I mean, look at Peepa uh, Peepa I think that's another story that I have here. Peepa Peepa P. has reached five hundred thousand copies in circulation with eight volumes, and they canned it, okay? And they canned that, so they can't profit off of that for fans in the future or anything like that. At best, maybe they'll throw an OVA someday, maybe possibly, just out of sure why not? But that's crazy that things have changed so drastically. And then other stories that we got here as well is Akane Banashi will be receiving a Capsule Rubber Mascot Gashapon collaboration starting in October, 2023. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen will be releasing its first coloring book, Red, on July 4th, 2023. Uh, I hope they bring that to the West. The Demon Slayer coloring books is kind of cool. Um, and then Worlds and Harem by Link and Kotaro Shono has reached 9 million copies in circulation for the entire series. Uh, Fan service for the win. Yay! Let's keep it real. That's the main reason why that series thrives. Okay, like if you watched at least one or two episodes of the anime, you know that you was like, Oh my god, the blood is flowing. So yeah, uh world end harem. Then as I was mentioning Black Clover a little bit ago, apparently Yuki Tabata will be the next up of the artists to participate in the Dragon Ball Super Gallery project. And next month Psycho Jump issue number seven 2023. In case you don't know what that is, counting down to Dragon Ball's 40th anniversary uh, for the last year or two, I believe. Belief. they've been having different popular artists and mangaka in general from shonen jump come in and do homages you know basically redrawing volumes of dragon ball and their art style they've had pretty much everybody you can name of has done one at this particular point mostly uh, and now they're going to be allowing yuki Tabata, and i can't wait because yuki Tabata has one of my favorite art styles for characters especially in shonen jump history like i really dig his art so much so i'm curious which volume he's going to actually do and either way it's nice like, Show Tabata some respect, I right? He's out here trying as hard as he's been doing his thing. He's been rocking out since 2015. Give the man some love, you know? Moving forward, people that have HBO Max, or I'm sorry, Max. It's not HBO Max anymore. Yeah. Uh, HBO Max is set to remove tons of Adult Swim slash Cartoon Network titles soon it goes without saying at this point that HBO Max has had its struggles despite having a large library of hits under its thumb the platform has faced intense criticism in the wake of the Warner Brothers Discovery merger much of that came to light last summer as HBO Max began cutting a number of projects including quite a few animated titles and now net citizens are bristling as HBO Max is currently set to lose a number of major animated series not to mention that whole uh, lawsuit of them faking the amount of uh, subscribers they had let's slide that one under the rug huh why don't wecomicbook.com. The update comes from HBO Max itself as the service updated its last chance catalog now that May has started. The category includes titles that are set to leave by the current month's end and users noticed a number of Cartoon Network hits were listed along with Adult Swim titles. From Ben 10 to Medocalypse, and the list is pretty surprising. You can check out the full list right here. Let's see there's Ben 10 Ultimate Alien, Ben 10 Omniverse, Ben 10 Alien Force. Which one of those is the good Ben 10? Because I've heard like a bunch of the Ben 10s kind of suck, except like a few. Which one of those sucked? Let me know. Uh, Dexter's Laboratory, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, Flapjack, uh Clarence, Medocalypse, and Space Ghost Coast to Coast so honestly for me personally it's not really any loss other than maybe like Dexter's Laboratory like yeah I love me some Dexter but I never unfortunately got into Ben 10 that was just a little bit past my time yeah that's pretty much it from the list so I ain't really mad at those series leaving I'm gonna be honest with you but HBO Max got a whole bunch of other problems and I'm gonna keep calling them HBO Max because Max uh, again you're not Max Powers moving forward apparently this star from attack on titan says that they wore the same underwear every time they recorded and that is some stank i mean oh god gross nasty nasty boy stuff huh? i just gotta throw that out there like w- change your underwear please for the love of god we don't need you stinking up the area when you're going in there and screaming Eden! even if you're Eden! says here attack on titan's been around for more than a decade and soon its legacy will enter a new era it won't be long before attack on titan Anime ends at last as Studio Mappa is hard at work on the finale of season four. Of course, this means the anime's cast is keeping busy, and none more so than Yuki Kaji. Again, Eren himself. The A-list voice actor has overseen Eren since day one, and in a recent interview, he revealed an odd fact, a little bit of a TMI moment about getting into the character. As it turns out, Kaji had a little ritual when it came to voicing Eren in the studio. The actor would don the same pair of underwear whenever he recorded. And Kaji said as much himself in a recent interview with Bakura no Jidai, what, what, for some reason, when I play my role in Attack on Titan, I always wear the same underwear, I think it was just a coincidence, but when I was recording episode one, I was wearing an underwear with a black-white pattern that resembled the image of the works, and then when I started recording episode two, and I saw I was wearing the same underwear, I thought, oh, this is the same one I wore last week, the actor shared, you nasty, though, <laughs> you nasty, bro, <laughs> I don't know if it's, a uh, Aaron from the, the, the future, the past, or some shit, telling you something, sending a messages and stuff like that but dog you nasty change your underwear you gross gross dude like ugh. that's when i decided that i'd keep wearing it since i'm still wearing it and it's already 10 years old it has some holes but i have one recording session left so it's about to retire and yeah i just got the headline for the story attack on titans Aaron has wore the same underwear for the last 10 years you nasty nasty boy you like thank goodness that attack on titans ending and he got one more session left so he could put these underwear underwear to rest because ew (laughs) and the next story we have which is kind of very ironic and hilarious attack on titan star addresses Eren's most controversial choice yet yeah it's the the underwear that's the controversial choice (laughs) attack on titan has caused world-spanning controversy with its infamous ending chapter but how does it affect the voice actors playing the part which by the way be careful i'll let you know if there's a spoiler beforehand apparently the decisions that attack on titan creator hajime isayama made about ending the series have been as deeply felt by the actors who voiced the characters in the anime as they have the fans who experienced it in the manga case in point Eren yeager's voice actor yuki kaji recently gave an interview where he related the experience of having to act out the final story of Eren and just how much it affected him emotionally in the interview kaji was asked what some of the most memorable moments of performance had been in his career and the final arc of Eren yeager's story clearly ranked at the top however in the case of attack on titan the term memorable doesn't necessarily mean good Eren's words of regret when he is going to kill someone in the final part kaji offered as his most memorable vocal performance conflicts divide us into friends and the other people but the other people also have their own lives i realized that again when he said i'm sorry with tears in his eyes it was really hard for me to understand his feelings so painfully for the voice actors crying scenes are fine as long as they sound like they are crying but this time i really couldn't stop crying i was so with feelings that i had to interrupt the recording it was a shocking experience for me both as a performer and as an experience in my life as a voice actor. I had never done anything like that before. I will forget the joy of becoming one with the role and the pain of knowing he did that. Pentulum episode of Attack on Titans Anime Series, the final chapters part one, revealed the horrible moment when Eren Yeager's apocalyptic attack on the world, the rumbling, finally reaches the overseas shores of human civilizations and wipes them out entirely. And of course, it was revealed previously that due to the powers of the future and attack titans within him, Eren has been able to see both past and future events of his lifetime all at once. And yeah. I ain't going to lie, Yuki Kaji is very... A conflicted lad. He wears the same underwear for 10 years in a row and cries in the booth uncontrollably. Like, man's really gets into it, huh? But shout outs to that second half because, yeah, that shows a dedication to your work and I'm not talking about the underwear, please. That's not dedication. That's just nasty, dog. Ugh. Moving forward, in case you don't know, the creator of One Piece, he's kind of a genius. I mean, <laughs> if you read One Piece, you pretty much know that already, you know, he's, he's Goto, okay? But according to this, One Piece creator proves their genius with wild, Rubik's Cube stunt. The creator behind One Piece often impresses fans for how smaller teases pay off in big ways years after their first introduction to the manga. And now the One Piece series creator has impressed once more by proving their genius with a wild Rubik's Cube stunt. One Piece is now working its way through the first major arc of the final saga of its long running manga series, and each new chapter has been setting the stage for the end. At the same time, there are some big reveals capitalizing on teasing that has been set in place many years ago. It's this kind of attention to detail that fans of One Piece creative HO Oda's works are fond of and goes to prove that the creator just might be on a whole other level. That especially the case with the newest share from Oda himself, as the One Piece anime manga's official Twitter account has shared a surprise video where Oda can be seen, probably not his face, solving a Rubik's Cube puzzle in one minute and with only a single hand needed to do it. And I'm watching the video, and if that is indeed Oda, because of course they don't show the person's face. Uh, it's immaculate that homie is able to do a Rubik's Cube with one hand in under a minute. That, that is a testament to how much of a goat Gota really is. Not much of a story, but it's definitely always interesting to see Oda doing something out of the ordinary. And yeah, I wonder how long he's practiced that. Moving forward, Dragon Ball fans, some interesting stuff regarding Turles. Apparently Dragon Ball Super Artist brings back Turles in new sketch. Dragon Ball Super Manga has been spending his next few months of chapters working through an adaptation of the Dragon Ball Super superhero feature film, which I'm not for. I think that that's a silly choice. Even if they're going to be expanding on certain things, it's like, come on, fam, what are we doing here? That movie's a year old already. But the artist behind the Dragon Ball Super manga is showing the fan-favorite villain Turles some surprising love by bringing him back with a special sketch. Dragon Ball Super has shaken things up quite a bit over the last few years, as Broly was officially made a part of the series canon after being an exclusive movie villain for the past couple of decades. It's basically opened the floodgates in terms of the other potential villains who could return in some form. There are a few other Dragon Ball villains that fans would love to see introduced to the official Dragon Ball anime manga canon, and Turles would be a fun one to throw into the mix. As Goku's violent doppelganger who made their debut in Dragon Ball Z The Tree of Might, there could be a fun way to make his potential connection to Goku a little more solidified by bringing him into the manga someday. Dragon Ball Super Manga artist Toyotaro has already previewed what that would look like in a special sketch that you can check below. And I ain't gonna lie, that drawing of him, yeah, of course it kinda looks like Goku, hello, that's what Turles' whole holding shtick is is that he looks like goku and i never really thought about it but i wouldn't necessarily be too mad of them doing a Turles tree of might movie obviously it would have to be revamped Turles would have to be a lot stronger if they're like doing it with current manga stuff like if they're doing it somewhere in super they'd obviously have to upgrade his strength and whatnot but maybe somewhere at the point goku and vegeta are off training and it's up to again gohan and the warriors of earth to come and stop him that would be really dope i would all i'd be all for I'll be honest with you like if they did Broly and they did Broly very well honestly Dragon Ball Super's Broly makes a lot more sense than OG Broly why not Turles Turles in the Tree of Might that would be a fascinating story and I'd like to see it, and again, Toyo Taro's art of him just looks great. Like, yeah, let's do it. Moving forward, AI, AI has been a problem. You know it, I know it, we all know it, and apparently, it's taking it a step further and into scary territories. Because according to this, it says late Full Metal Alchemist star to voice new project thanks to AI, and that's already giving me the creeps. These days, it seems the topic of AI is more decisive than ever. The technology could very well change life for the better, but it could also just as but it could just as easily spell disaster. For many workers, AI could lead to obsolete, and many in the entertainment industry are nervously eyeing the tech field as such. And now, a new report is confirming a few of those fears, as one late actor is now being revived by AI for a new project. The update comes from Sony Music Entertainment, as the company released a new audiobook app in Japan. The app is named Yomi and features a number of classic titles. The famed Japanese works are narrated using AI technology that blends together three well known voice actors and that trio includes Kenji Utsumi. The technology which was headed up by CoFont says it can take 15 minutes of audio samples and turn it into a vocal font. This font can be used to read around any text so that is how Yomibito Plus is doing its current catalog of works. CoFont also shared its text positive reviews from Kenji Utsumi's son so as it turns out the late actor's family is on board with this project. According to the audiobook app Utsumi's AI replicated voice can be heard on several works the actor reads be not defeated by rain by kenji miyazawa and a short story by natsume soseki other actors are also taking part in the audiobook app including katsuyuki konishi tengen from demon slayer and shuichiro umeda izumi from shikamori's not just a cutie i'm gonna be honest with you i'm not fond of this at all uh i i I could see the writing on the wall we're gonna be getting a lot of posthumous albums um by ai works like that's really what this screams to me at, at First, as well, like if they're doing this in the literature part, definitely they're gonna be doing audiobooks, and like now, a lot of things that maybe were uncertain. And I remember them saying it's against Japanese tradition to like do uh you know recast roles. That shit went out the window. That tradition that's gone already. So if God forbid any of your favorite voice actors pass away or whatnot, you can expect that they're gonna do this. Like, maybe some companies will be resistant at first, but you're gonna see that. You're gonna probably see within the next few years a whole bunch of new Michael Jackson albums, um, any of the artists like you know we might even see a new notorious big album they might throw in there i hope not because leave his legacy as is leave all of the legacies as is but they probably would even do another tupac album and if they do do a new tupac album please get people that understand tupac very well to do it if it's inevitable if there's no way to stop it because this is what It looks like the writing is on the wall and it's only going to get scarier and scarier that pretty much dead people's voices are going to be replacing roles that could have been taken by people that are still here because of their notoriety like this is getting creepy eerie and i hope that eventually somebody steps in and stops all of this madness this this shouldn't happen this is not natural moving forward just a little bit not really a plug i just thought it was interesting that there's this dragon ball x lee clothing line and it embraces the anime's retro vibes dragon ball been around for decades and has come a long way since the start back in the day Goku could never imagine all he would accomplish as an adult and Dragon Ball Super is carrying on his journey to this day of course the anime's reputation has also grown and now Lee is who's Lee (laughs) is teaming up with Dragon Ball to create a retro collection as you can see here the Lee clothing brand has announced a collaboration with Dragon Ball overseas the company's EU brands just launched the collection online for buyers and of course it brings Dragon Ball's heyday to life from casualties to button-up tops this line has it all so you can find an entry that fits your budget taking a look at some of the clothing that i see here on this article for the most part they look all right but i'm gonna be real i've seen a lot of this stuff very similar stuff beforehand from companies like nami wear uh you know dom had a lot of stuff like this this retro look and i don't know it's interesting to see that this is official stuff but i've seen certain things that look like this before to be honest with you this vibe as well it's okay when one of the world's most iconic apparel brands unites with a beloved and anime powerhouse people take note from goku inspired shirts to android approved shorts celebrate this coming together of lee and dragon ball z with our new clothing collection we have everything you need to reach higher style levels than ever before so level up your wardrobe with the ultimate collaboration for dragon ball z fans and fashion warriors alike lee describes a new line of course dragon ball fans are loving the lee no I i don't know who said they're loving it okay now that's just person that wrote this article interjecting their opinions it looks cool but again i feel like I've seen stuff like that and i don't want to say better because i'm just looking at it in pictures but yeah i, I don't know I, I like the vibe though i guess then coming into this one i believe there's spoilers in here so you've been warned for one punch man because apparently one punch man has recently sparked some major cover-up conspiracy the one punch man manga has been steadily setting the stage for a major new saga for the series following the events of the monster association saga and the newest chapter one punch man has sparked a major cover-up conspiracy with fubuki and tasumaki at the Center of it all. One Punch Man has been showing off a new side of the Psychic Sisters with its latest arc as Saitama and the Hero Association have been getting used to their new status quo following everything that happened in the fight against the Monster Association. But a secret new group has decided to make their move in the chaos. While Tatsumaki and Fubuki were weary of the mysterious Tsukuyomi group of psychics trying to worm their way into the Hero Association's weaknesses, Tatsumaki ended up causing the most damage to the fight against Saitama, going wilder than expected. As though the Heroes Association's new base was supposed to be safe but thanks to fubuki using tasumaki's name as leverage they've been able to cover things up what is one punch man's big cover up one punch man chapter 181 sees the rest of the heroes figure out that the hero association had been keeping tons of high level monsters in his basement for both metal knights experiments and to sell them to other organizations that's a big spoiler i I told you there were spoilers in here fubuki then uses the fact that the hero association would want to keep this hidden by telling them to use the monster scraps left over from saitama killing them all with ease to tell the public that the fight and damage tatsumaki had caused was actually the hero fighting off an army of high level monsters all on her own the hero association ultimately agrees to this because while it means overlooking tatsumaki going on a rampage it would also be a story that would make the investors there at their base feel much safer and thus line the hero association's pockets more the damage was estimated to cost tens of billions of yen of which saitama is happy to let tatsumaki have the credit for to avoid owing such a lofty fee but child emperor figures out as the chapter comes to an end that this this was all a cover-up and yeah that is freaky and messed up and sounds about in line with what the real world government would do so why not now I want to stress before we get into anything else regarding this story that everything that I'm about to tell you is allegedly okay it's allegedly I'm not supporting or endorsing any party in this situation all I'm bringing you is a story that recently was sent to me via email regarding the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh Kazuki Takahashi before he passed away to give you guys a very brief rundown of the situation situation essentially there was a girl named Mandy and a girl named Albina and a team of people that were working on a whole bunch of stuff regarding Yu-Gi-Oh or at the very least they started off as just being comrades or you know friends online or whatnot there was seemingly some sort of relationship that really wasn't a relationship between the girl Mandy and the girl named Albina the girl Mandy was in Japan and had connections to Kazuki Takahashi to be able to get him to be a part of projects but it was at a cost and it was very Costly. It was thousands of dollars that went into debt from this girl, Mandy, only to find out that this girl, Albina, was in a relationship in real life. They was just talking over the internet. Two, from what has been told in this video, this girl, Albina, was basically very much so a problem to the point where kazuki takahashi after dealing with situation for months and months of this girl albina causing massive problems at the same time this was around the point where russia invaded the ukraine she was saying that she was scared for her life that they were gonna bomb her and pretty much as kazuki takahashi was dealing with these people this group uh, that was working on these Yu-Gi-Oh projects and whatnot essentially he got wore down of dealing with them so much so that when it got a little bit too much for his liking Kazuki Takahashi said pretty much he had to go he didn't want to be a part of this and pretty much he didn't want to deal with fans at all moving forward now again the story is very intricate and there's a million details so if you want to watch the full thing to get the full scope of it you can check it out in the description but it was to the point where the girl Mandy not only did she put up all this money so she's thousands of dollars in debt she ended up getting cancer she's hospitalized now it's a very messed up situation and it really ruined opportunities moving forward for creators to work with fans on different projects because again it got so toxic that kazuki takahashi who stuck his neck out for this situation because it's very uncommon practice in japan for companies to work especially with fans but outside of you know their circle outside of their bubbles so for Kazuki Takahashi to be inspired by what he thought was this friendship this you know relationship between Mandy and Albina only to find out that this girl Albina was allegedly not being truthful about a lot of things and was allegedly causing absolute chaos on these Discord servers and whatnot it pretty much made Kazuki Takahashi look bad there was a company that was actually interested in creating a project based on this girl Albina's work it was just really a big messy situation and honestly it makes it look like damn yo this is why a lot of creators stay away from fans because of situations like this like kazuki takahashi yes he was getting paid which it was wild i'm not gonna lie like the amount of money that i was seeing i was like damn like a thousand dollars for an hour type of money was what was required to talk to kazuki takahashi and then on top of that they wanted things signed memorabilia Yu-Gi-Oh stuff it was just absolutely bananas but again it ended off with kazuki takahashi basically distancing himself saying i'm done i'm out of here and i probably want not rock with fans moving forward because it was too much for him. And I say all that to say that if you ever get in the position or the opportunity to be around creators that you look up to, creators that inspire you, just in general, people that you really want to be around... Don't mess it up, okay? Like, don't be a dumbass, don't be a, a weirdo, don't do stupid shit because it can really ruin it for a lot of other people. And unfortunately, shortly after the situation, Kazuki Takahashi passed away. Getting Kazuki Takahashi, dog, the creator of Yu Gi Oh! involved in these projects, all to be left out this way. it's really messed up to you. In other related Yu-Gi-Oh! news, I wanted to give you guys an update on that card that was up for auction that was at like $100,000, 150000 It ended up selling for 300000 World's rarest Yu-Gi-Oh! card sells for over $300,000 at auction. And just like that, one of the wildest sagas in Yu-Gi-Oh! history has come to an end. If you did not know, the anime community has kept tabs on Yu-Gi-Oh! this past week, all thanks to a special auction. It isn't every day one of the world's rarest trading cards goes on sale, but Yu-Gi-Oh! broke the mold at the start of April. Tyler the Great Warrior card went on sale about a week ago and now its sale ended with a whopping $300,000 USD price tag. The update comes from eBay as the site hosted the highly watched auction with nearly 180 bids. The certified promo card went on sale earlier this month courtesy of Tyler Gressel. The original owner was keen to offload the card after they were gifted the one of a kind promo back in 2005 by the Make-A-Wish Foundation. After a slew of grueling bids, Tyler the Great Warrior was sold some hours ago and it went for $311,200. $111 $111 which Woo! I ain't gonna lie, that's a massive sale. Congrats to whoever made that money and whoever spent that. I know your pockets is bleeding. Moving forward, in case you haven't been keeping up, it seems as though the dollar is really going through it because if you haven't heard, a bunch of nations have been banding together, including China, Russia, and a lot of other places, and like I think 19 others are trying to join in as well in order to basically devalue the dollar and move forward. And it says right here that Chinese yuan officially overtakes the u.s dollar as the most used currency in china's cross-border transactions for the first time ever the yang has also surpassed the euro in global trade invoicing and again you might think that that's nothing to be concerned about but whatever it may be let's just say you do buy anime and manga you buy volumes you buy blu-rays you buy merch or whatever your dollar is starting to be less and less valuable unless you're using you know the chinese currency then maybe you might be happy about this in fact that might be great news for you but in terms of if you are using the dollar and your money is in usd this is not a good sign at all because as things continue to escalate it's just going to be more and more worse for our situation so yeah just wanted to report that that uh <laughs> the dollar is not looking hot i don't know what's happening here Biden. then you you, you want to do something lad No, know somebody's gonna say well a president can't do all of this what do you expect him to do i don't know say something do something not just sit there well, Moving forward, I wanted to follow up on reporting on this regarding the upcoming Naruto X Boruto Storm Connections game. A lot of people have been anticipating this one because it was like, yo, we get to revisit Storm. Holy cow, what's about to go down with this? What's about to happen? And there's been a back and forth regarding this game because, for starters, the initial trailer was pretty disappointing to people. It was basically like, yo, this is all of the old Storm games and here's Asher and Indra. A lot of people weren't excited about it. Then they came out and they showcased, like, well, Bari. Naruto is going to be in there. A new support Sasuke is going to be in there. There's going to be a new story of Boruto facing on a red Susanoo. So it gave a lot of people some hope. But then they released this new trailer collaborating with the Naruto Top Celebration. And it was utilizing like that whole method of counting down. And in this trailer, it was back to disappointing. Top ranked Naruto characters celebrated in Naruto X Boruto Collaboration trailer. The results of the Naruto Poll, which called upon fans around the world to cast votes for their favorite characters from Masashi Kishimoto's Naruto, were recently unveiled and now Bandai namco is getting in on the fun the naruto x boruto ultimate ninja storm connections game shared a special collaboration trailer with the poll, taking the opportunity to showcase some of the top Ranked characters. And I say all that to say that the trailer once again just showed Storm 4, basically. It didn't feel like it was anything new. And if I was in charge of this situation, I'm not going to lie. Whoever's been directing the marketing of this video game, I would fire the living crap out of them. I'm sorry, dog. I would get them. Get them out of here because there's clearly new stuff. That's the shit that they should be pushing. That's the stuff that should be at the forefront. But they continuously are going back to like, oh no. No no, 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 storm force stuff. Oh no no, no, no! Like I don't know what's their problem. I don't know why they can't get it through their heads that people aren't really that gung-ho about it like they did a collection not that long ago of like storms and whatnot so them reinforcing like yeah no we all bought storm 4 we bought storm 3 we bought storm 2 we bought storm 1 we bought revolutions we bought all of them there was one more filler game in between but we got them all we we played them all and that's cool that it's all going to come bundled we care more about the newer stuff go back to more baryon mode stuff go back to what was that boruto facing off against the red susano situation we don't really really care about this stuff in this trailer i ain't gonna lie once again brought a lot of people back to feels a little disappointing come on with it and while we're talking naruto news there's a new illustration that was released an official illustration of minato and kushina enjoying a spring day in a special naruto anime illustration again sarutobi Orochimaru, jiraiya tsunade with minato and kushina in the front and it looks absolutely beautiful i put it as my wallpaper so here, moving forward, I thought this was an interesting story to share in case you aren't a fan of it because I am. A Mega Man Battle Network. You may have remembered they had like an anime back in the day of Mega Man NT Warrior. I was a massive fan of it. I'm not gonna lie. In particular, I think it was Battle Network 3. It was red and blue, something along the lines with that. I can't remember exactly, but I was a huge freaking fan. I spent way too many hours playing that game. Apparently, the new release that they did, which I missed out on, it. I gotta go and pick that up. Capcom revealed that the Mega Man Battle Network. Legacy Collection Volumes 1 and 2 has sold over a million copies worldwide. On Twitter, the official Mega Man account shared the news along with a picture of an HP recovery chip with the 1 million number on it. The remastered collection contains every mainline game in the franchise along with some new features such as online multiplayer and previous Japan exclusive content. And hands down, those games are legendary. You should play those games. You should get your hands on those games. They were incredible. Some of my favorites. It's Mega Man X and Mega Man Battle Network, the two cream of the crop oh and is it Mega Man legacy i i think no legends legends uh, legends was so good too next up in marvel news in particular spider-man fans i'm a big spider-man fan and there's a new trailer for the upcoming spider-man movie across the spider-verse it's that whole collab multi dimensional movie like the first one into the spider-verse with miles morales at the forefront alongside with all the other versions of spider-man and i going to lie this trailer it looks massively hype some of the new spider-mans that they're going to be showcasing I'm just beyond excited for this. I've been a big Spider-Man fan for quite some time. I used to be a big fan when I was younger. The Tobey Maguire movies. I know people like to dunk on them now. But those first three, every time a new game dropped, I was playing them. Ultimate Spider-Man was God tier. And yeah, Spider-Man is just awesome. And these movies right now, in particular, June 2nd, this new trailer looks bad for freaking ass I can't wait for it I think is it spider-man 20.99 that people are really hype about I don't know it looks sick and wrapping this episode up is some black clover news very hyped to talk about this because there's been a little bit of skepticism regarding black clover's movie you know there was a big delay it took forever for it to even come out with a trailer it's been a little bit of a mess to be honest with you considering it was like what March of 2021 that this movie was announced and we didn't get updates or nothing and it's just now rolling around but it looks like it's actually happening and it's looking pretty good at that seems as though we got a good update it turns out black clover's first movie is on schedule as we all hoped it seems the movie wrapped work at least and is good considering the movie drops in less than two months and they showed some screenshots of people in a theater i guess i'm imagining it's the composers and the producers and all that jazz and in one particular shot you see asta breathing and this shot looks absolutely gorgeous and it looks as though time that they took the extra time and care from the initial march release we were supposed to get pushing it to june 16th it looks like this movie is going to be gorgeous and Black Clover fans deserve nothing less. We've been without an anime for years now. They promised us this movie a long time ago. They didn't give us much. I hope that this movie lives up to the expectations. Black Clover: Sword of the Wizard King, June 16th. It's on schedule, so there won't be any delays. And if this little screenshot right here is any indication, it looks like they are pulling out all the stops to make sure this looks fantastic. Because not only that is really awesome, we're gonna see Asta and his new transformation in animation for the first time. This is freaking hype! Let's go! It was a very start message that I was kind of a little bit like hmm the writings have been on the wall for a little bit I've heard a couple of other major creatives and directors talk about this but now it seems as though one of the biggest companies one of the biggest animation studios out there right now you may have heard of them a little bit like yo they've done I don't know Jujutsu Kaisen Chainsaw Man Attack on Titans final season they're doing Vinland Saga right now yeah Studio Mappa well the founder of Studio Mappa and formerly of Madhouse as well came out and warned china is on the verge of outshining japan in terms of animation and this could change everything madhouse slash mappa founder masao maruyama warns chinese animation could outshine japanese anime soon in a profile on anime producer masao maruyama a co-founder of madhouse mappa and studio m2 in the japan times the titan of the industry is claiming that chinese animation known as donga will overtake japanese animation if freedom is unleashed to let Chinese animation shine Maruyama told the Japan Times in Japan people are no longer trained in animation the only reason China hasn't quite caught up with Japan yet is because of a bunch of restrictions imposed on free expression there the self-confessed inheritor to Osama Tezuka is worried that vying for an anime hit for every project has made the industry lose sight of its creativity and at this time doesn't necessarily outshine animation produced by Disney Maruyama is currently producing Pluto based on Tezuka's Astro Boy I can't Wait for that to be distributed on Netflix later this year. The 81-year-old fears that Japan is looking more to kawaii characters and money-spinning genres, and that the industry isn't fostering the next generation of talent, where China is investing hard into young animators and worries that if China gives animators the freedom to create what they like, the country's animation industry will quickly rival and overtake Japan. And it's been no secret that anime has been on the rise for quite some time in the West, especially. A lot of people are getting into it, and globally, it's become a massive cash cow but unfortunately that has indeed hurt a lot of creativity there's been a lot more restrictions put on what can and cannot be done in anime and a lot more studios such as again netflix and the big giants are constantly demanding they want more they want it quicker and they're expecting hits a lot of these investors are wanting nothing but hits and that's not allowing for them to experiment because sometimes an experiment can also lead to a hit but it can lead to a dud and they want guaranteed hits so it's kind of stifling the create creativity of animators over there in japan on top of the fact that because they want straight up you know you complain about it i complain about it when animation isn't up to snuff now it's making it that no we just want the pros we don't want any amateurs we don't want to train anybody that's why they're even contracting a lot of people internationally like there's people in the states that are working on one piece right now because they're not taking the time to train japanese animators and again what he's saying is correct this could very well stifle the creativity of japan and make it so that china outshines japan And this could be a big deal and a big change for the anime industry. I'll keep you guys updated on it, but definitely something to keep in mind. Next up, let's hop on over to the rumor realm. In terms of, there's been big rumors for Dragon Ball for quite some time. And now that we're heading towards Goku Day, May 9th. Which in case you don't know, May 9th is 5-9. 5 equals Go. 9 equals Ku. Goku Day. That's why it's celebrated as such. Although in original Dragon Ball, Piccolo claimed that that was his day. It was Piccolo Day. So don't forget that. But with the day coming, a lot of fans are speculating and rumors are surfacing that seemingly the big rumored dragon ball online anime that was supposed to be coming it was supposed to be a net anime is actually going to be announced on goku day the holiday has put dragon ball fans on red alert it's been two years since we got an anime order after all dragon ball super superhero did well in theaters across the globe and of course dragon ball super broly hit a home run back in 2018 if dragon ball wants to put out a new film every four years or so we're due for its announcement at the very least but if a movie is off the table maybe something else is on way after all one rumor has consistently stuck around the dragon ball fandom for months now net citizens such as chronicles continue to suggest a dragon ball web anime is in the works though no official confirmation has been given as we near goku day some are wondering whether dragon ball will confirm the rumor with an announcement at long last but for now it seems Dragon Ball fans have to wait until May 9th to see what's in store for the IP and initially I thought those plans for a net anime was foiled because of the announcement that they were doing the Sandland movie but I think the Sandland movie is separate and again it's just Toriyama's name is printing money with all of his creations over the years so I'm imagining that there's still a possibility that that Dragon Ball net anime that's been rumored for quite some time might actually still come to fruition and what better a day than Goku day to announce hey new Dragon Ball incoming and it's been a little bit like I said since Dragon Ball superheroes has actually been a thing although they're still milking it with the manga readapting and i'm like why i keep am missing dragon ball right now i'm just saying but yeah the rumor realm is going wild that they're believing may 9th goku day we will get an announcement of some sort regarding dragon ball animation i'll keep you guys in the loop whatever comes from it then mario fans i'm sure a lot of you guys have already went to the theaters to check out the super mario movie if you haven't i've heard it's pretty good but according to this it says a super mario brothers movie to pass one billion dollars at the global box office this weekend and that was a few days ago now since debuting under a month ago in most major markets the Super Mario Brothers movie has been a giant mushroom size hit with audiences so much so that Variety is reporting that Universal the film's distributor is certain in its projection that the film will pass 1 billion dollars worldwide by the end of the weekend and again I think it actually already did that Variety outlined that the domestic international split for the Nintendo produced flick will be 487.5 million dollars in North America and 533 million dollars internationally making it the first film of the 2023 calendar year to do so in the international space and the fifth film since COVID began and I ain't gonna lie it's very interesting and nice to hear considering the fact that the last time Super Mario Brothers was in theaters was that live action several years ago that everyone absolutely hated with the stain although to be fair at the very least nostalgia wise because I watched it as a kid I have a little bit of fondness towards it but yeah to hear that Super Mario Brothers hit a billy a billion dollars in theaters, that is absolute madness, and congrats to Nintendo not only Mario makes money in the video game realm apparently movie wise it gets the money in as well next up a little bit of a worrisome issue that is happening in Japan right now where a lot of cyber attacks are going down and it's a very big deal over there the number of cyber attacks against companies and government offices has been increasing in Japan since March ahead of a group of seven summit the country is set to host in May sources familiar with the matter say troubled causes by DDoS attacks which attempt to disrupt the online traffic of a server or network by overwhelming it with data will mostly fix quickly the sources said Saturday. There's a possibility that Japan is being targeted as the host of the G7 summit and we have warned relevant organizations to stay alert. Tsunehiko Suzuki, a professor of information engineering at Chukyo University, said the attacks may have come as part of preparations for launching a full attack. The series of attacks began around March 14th and are still ongoing. West Japan Railroad Company was attacked between April 20th and 21st, while Tokyo Electric Power Company Holdings Inc. was similarly affected on April 22nd with their website briefly becoming inaccessible it is believed that the same hacker group carried out the attacks due to the similarity of methods employed in the incidents the sources said and it's definitely interesting to see that yeah hackers are still on the move despite the fact that i believe online security has definitely become a lot more aggressive as of the last few years but Yeah, Japan, watch out. Bleach fans that are excited and highly anticipating the return of the Thousand Year Blood War anime this summer. Yeah, it looks as though one of the composers in particular decided to tease a little bit. In general, the anime's return. Bleach executive teases the return of the Thousand Year Blood War. The update comes from Shiro Sagisu, a music producer and composer who is working on the Bleach Thousand Year Blood War anime. The creator who brought some of Core One's best music to life has been hard at work on the anime's comeback. Now the musician posted a clip from behind the scenes and it highlights some of the soundtracks coming to bleach this year of course there's no spoilers but fans can definitely get a feel of what's to come and i ain't gonna lie the music sounds quite dramatic and if you're a manga reader of bleach and you remember what's to come following the latest events of the anime then you know it's about to get even more quite dramatic because yeah it's not called a thousand year blood war for no reason it's pretty graphic. And of course, Studio Pierrot confirmed that the anime will be returning July 2023. So we're not that far off. We're in May right now. Two months away from Bleach coming back. And this composer was like, yeah, I can't wait. So let me just start teasing stuff for no reason. <laughs> I ain't mad at it though. Bleach coming back, baby. Let's go. Next up, a story that I was very much so concerned about in general for the well-being of you watching right now, if you have any issues in this realm, because it seems as though the IRS is getting very aggressive with their tactics in terms of going after people that may owe money thankfully i don't owe them anything i am up to date on my taxes but for you watching out there be aware because apparently the irs is hiring armed special agents prepared to use quote-unquote deadly force if needed and is paying up to ninety-five thousand dollars. these agents must work at least 50 hours weekly and be on call 24 7 even during vacations they are going absolutely bonkers and I remember I want to say it was earlier this year or it might have been end of last year sometime that it was announced that the IRS was hiring like 85,000 new agents and stuff like that this is becoming a massive issue and I think a lot of this stems from of course the pandemic where a lot of things was going on and a lot of people you know scammers was scamming so to speak but the IRS is I ain't gonna lie just a little bit too much for my taste but again I don't want no problems I don't want no beef I don't want no drama I just wanted to report it to you guys that, yeah, if you got any tax issues going on you might want to get it sorted or you're gonna have a big bubble kicking in your door and dragging you out your crib you dig i'm sorry this shit is just wild <laughs> Yo. spider-man fans i got some very interesting news for you guys regarding across the spider-verse as y'all know i'm massively excited for this film i'm a huge fan of into the spider-verse and yeah it says here across the spider-verse has reportedly a runtime of two hours and 20 minutes which would make it the longest ever animated movie made at a high Hollywood studio which I'm not even gonna lie for somebody that is already really excited for this film such as myself this is one of the most awesome pieces of news to hear that this Spider-Man movie is not only going to be an epic movie based on the trailers and what we know about it thus far and of course because it's a Miles Morales movie baby ah but then on top of that it's going to be two hours 20 minutes one of the longest or the longest ever animated movie made at a Hollywood studio which that's kind of short for a Hollywood studio movie I always thought like there was three hour animated films and stuff like that but maybe those were more indie not hollywood related i'm I'm not really sure how that goes but that is absolutely bananas to hear and even more so exciting i couldn't be more hyped for june 2nd to come for the spider-man movie because let's freaking go miles morales peter parker let's do it seriously i can't freaking wait and two hours and 20 minutes oh we're gonna be living it up in the theaters lads and last story of the episode apparently the godfather of ai uh calling it quits and worried about it being a threat to humanity it says here researcher known as the godfather of ai quits google and says he regrets his life's work due to the risks to humanity and i ain't gonna lie more and more life is sounding like a 90s sci-fi film on some matrix on some terminator because if he is quitting working on ai quitting his job on google after this was his life's work and he's saying it's a threat to humanity i wish a lot of these corporations would put capitalism aside for just a a smidge of a second to think about does it all matter does any of it matter regarding getting more bucks if it's at the cost of everybody freaking dying you know what i'm saying like if we really live in skynet having you know control and nuking us or something like that that is a very big possibility there's a reason why these films exist because of people's imagination of the what ifs and the possibilities and if this was actually to come to fruition we would all be in grave danger and the fact that the dude that this was his life's work of working on ai the man himself the godfather of ai quote unquote and he He's saying it's a threat to humanity government officials people at the top united nations all of you guys please take heed and listen i understand that right now biden is worrying about sending half a million dollars to go get transgender education in pakistan that's not what we need to worry about right now this is what we need to worry about the fact that ai is becoming a serious problem we're worried about ai drake and stuff like that that ain't a problem right now i'm worried about somebody being able to call my daughter and have my voice using a disguise and say hey come open the door stuff like that yes those are the concerns that we have for ai and things that we should be worried about not about drake and in general whatever biden is doing right now sending a trillion dollars to the ukraine every time his butt itches like come on and i think we'll end the episode there with biden's butt itching with the ukraine money okay people and we don't have author comments this week so let's wrap this bad boy up with the top 50 best-selling manga of the week courtesy of Joseph underscore uh let's do it And again, before we continue, just there's no Weekly Shonen Jump author comments because Jump was on break. And Weekly Shonen Magazine, they haven't been translating them the last couple weeks. I think maybe one week was a break, and they just haven't translated the latest one. So, yeah, just wanted to give you a heads up on that. They may be back next week. They may not be. I don't got control of that. I ain't no translator on that aspect, lad. So, 50 through 41. Starting off with a manga that it looks old school, and I've never heard of it. Kaze Densetsu Bukomi no Taku. Volume 5 re-edition. Volume 6 re-edition. Doing... About 11.1, 11.2. Uh, let's scroll up a little bit what the heck is Futari solo camp I don't know the, the main character looks kind of like an interesting lad volume 15 in 3 days 13,000 alright alright oh my gosh Uh, place 44 Imaizumi Yara Gal oh god I'm not saying all that but yeah very interesting cover uh, then 43 Oshino Ko a box set of volumes 1 through 3 did 13.7 this week doing 34 and I'm expecting some Oshino Cohen here because yeah it's that that anime is doing wonders for it uh blue lock episode of nagi volume 2 14k this week 169 total and that's a spinoff uh the exiled reincarnated heavy knight is unrivaled in game knowledge volume 5 and i'm sorry but i just saw that cover and i was like yeah let's read it in four days 14.2k Alrighty. then we got places 40 through 31 we got hanyo no yashihime aka yashihime princess half demon volume Four. Four in 6 days, 14.4k so they trying to get a little whatever they could squeeze out of that franchise while people still care Already, uh, I placed 36 One Piece Volume 105 with 15.6 this week, doing 1.7 total thus far, uh, let's see here okay, Gachi Akuta in 7 days, 16.8k I would expect a little bit more maybe like 30 to 40,000 by now because I do think it has a little bit of hype and I liked what I read of it so far uh, but shoutouts to Gachi Akuta regardless, Kate Uruna I've been doing a bang up job. Uh, then we got a place 33, Eden Zero, volume 26, in seven days, 17.4. Um, interesting cover. But yeah, I, I, f- I feel so bad that I haven't gotten back into Eden Zero as much as I've wanted to. I need to do that at some given point. Then we got places 30 through 21, uh, Oshino Ko, volume 3, with 19.8 this week, bringing his total to 397, almost 400k. Jujutsu Kaisen, volume 22, still in the ranks, baby, two months later, with 19.5 this week, bringing total to 1.25 million shoutouts to Maki baby I'm just saying Uh, we got more Oshinoko up here at the top places 24, 23, 22 all of them doing about 21k that anime man it shows you the proof is in the pudding you get a good anime and sales will rise for your manga then we got places 20 through 11 we blowing through these bad boys we got Oshinoko again volume 6 and volume 2 with 21,000 and 22,000 respectively and volume 6 is at 300k volume 2 is at 441k so yeah that kind of makes sense uh then at 17 mao volume 13 in six days 22.3k that's crazy dog rumiko takahashi has been doing manga for like 40 years and still is you know debuting within the top 20 with manga and selling 22.3k not to mention yashihime is of course spun off of her original creation like shout outs to rumiko takahashi uh oshinoko volume 1 doing 22 2.4 this week, almost half a million, 495,000. Awesome stuff. uh Code Volume 10, Volume 5, 22, and 23, like madness, madness. Um, at 12th place, Oshinoko Volume 4. Doing 25, 383,000 total. Uh, At number 11, okay, a little bit of a difference. The one that previously had the breakout, Blue Lock, volume 23, 25.8K this week, bringing its total to 389,000. Boy, I can't wait for that next season. Uh, Then we got top 10, top 10, top 10, top 10. Uh, Let's see, okay, at number 9, Oshinoko, volume 11, 26.9K this week, bringing its total, and I think that's the latest volume, uh, to 172K. Uh, We got Zatch Bell, volume 2, or Zatch Bell 2. Two, volume two this is the sequel series in 10 days One hundred thirty-two thousand. that's just such a win dog that is an older series nobody thought that it would ever come back let alone come back and do big sales big ups to that author makoto raiku because i'm sure they probably fell down that their last series didn't do well but coming back with more Zatch Bell, it clearly is a winning idea uh then we got at number six chainsaw man volume 14 in 20 days Three hundred ninety-three thousand with 46k this week doing numbers doing numbers uh, uh, I know a lot of people get, like, upset when I say, like, oh, it's not doing what I expected. I guess maybe I had unrealistic expectations for Chainsaw Man, and that's something that falls on me, not the series, but, yeah. And honestly, uh, 400,000 sales in 20 days is not anything to put your nose down at because, yeah, that's great sales. Uh, number three, Detective Conan, volume 103, 12 days, 76K this week, bringing his total 311, big, big win. A Spy Family in 20 days, 987,000 with 107,000 again this week oh baby spy family it sells very well and then another one that is just a freak anomaly at number one kingdom volume 68 with six days 348,000 copies never needed an anime the anime never did nothing for it just man big shout outs to haru yasuhisa just phenomenal work dog to be able to sell that much still and never needed an anime still like big 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 win yeah people that was the top 50 best-selling manga of the week courtesy of jose underscore cat always a treat and that's all we have for this episode i'm forever world and as always people have an awesome day and remember the golden rule anime and manga for life boy have an awesome day peace and you guys just watched another episode of forever news have an awesome day subscribing hit that bell to get more yeah no, for real, why haven't you subscribed and hit that bell, dawg? Come on, man. Do yourself a favor. Do me a favor. Why you playing for it? Hit them buttons, dawg. Love is love. Yeah. <laughs> I have a dream alone in my room as I sit with the tea. Couldn't possibly think what I often see. And you don't even know how I often blink. Lights be flashing and looking at me. Such an odd, unique, yet I'm so unique. And you're looking at me. If the walls could talk, they would probably be me. And I'd probably say, bitch, get the fuck off me.